It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oh my God. Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. But, you know, who understands those rap guys? They only talk to her because she looks like a total prostitute, okay? I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's, like, out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. And when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. Wanna pull up tough because you notice that butt was stuck. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. That's when the idea, you know, Patrick Davis plays jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And, yeah, I mean, I think we've played this before. Was it? Was this for a new theme Thursday? Maybe you didn't play it. Maybe Oh, Jack I think did. I think Jack did a new theme about yes. butts, right? Yes, Jack yes, did. Well, yes, out. he was a yes. He did a bootylicious kind of new theme Thursday, and it was about butts. And he did play, which is the anthem for the bodacious Badonkadonk, which is Baby Got Back. I do believe, and there have been a lot of songs about you know the the bodacious Badonkadonk and bootylicious. Uh, and I will say that probably this is easily, in my opinion, the most famous song about butts and yeah. booties. This is actually, I, I think it's a karaoke favorite. You can break this out in karaoke and you will get an ama- amazing response. It's my go-to karaoke song. Because they do have it on a lot of karaoke joints because it's so well-known. It's so fun-loving. And, man, stands the test of time. And you know what? It was foreshadowing. When did that come out? Like, when did it come out? In the 80s? 92, I believe. 92, we're talking about early 90s. Early 90s, I know this, and we know this, I based on research, women were not embracing a big butt. That's part of the reason that they're kind of mocking it in the song. Everybody's not embracing having a big booty back then. Yeah, women are trying to hide their big booty. All right, they're, trying to, they're trying to put on different jeans to make the big booty look smaller. Now, fast forward 30 years, we want jeans that make the booty look bigger. Women are trying to, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to maximize, all right, the badonkadonk. And back then, they were trying to minimize the badonkadonk back in the day. So in 30 years, we've gone from women not necessarily celebrating having a big old booty, sometimes maybe being a little ashamed of their big old booty, and now, oh, man, women just, they, they're getting surgeries to make the booty bigger. I think that the booty surgery, to boot, butt enhancement surgery, the Brazilian butt lift, whatever you want to call it, all right, now it's just as popular as, you know, boob surgery and cosmetic, you know, breast enhancement surgery, augmentation, whatever you want to call it. Because I think America has now switched from being obsessed with, with breasts and the second base, which, hey, it's fantastic. I love it, too. All right, it ain't falling off nowhere. But now I think we agree that the booty is just as important as the boobs. And now it's not that boobs are not as important anymore. Boobs haven't fallen off. No, no, boobs are still very popular. Boobs are still 
they still selling out stadiums, man. You can still make a lot of money off boobs and get attention on boobs. Trust me. All right, everybody agrees. Boobs, they still a showstopper. Still moving but product. Now the, still moving product, man. Plenty of it. Right? That's old money. That's going to be there forever. But now the booty has joined boobs as now being celebrated. And I'm happy for those with the big booty and also the big boobs. Hey, go. We got, you know what? Even if it's small, it don't matter because now we're celebrating it regardless of how the size of it. We just appreciate any, any, you know, bootylicious or the badonka donk, we appreciate it all a little bit more. It's kind of like the switch from America's obsession with burgers to now their obsession with fried chicken. It's the same type of transition, in my opinion. Fried chicken is basically the booty and burgers are the boobs. We still like burgers, but damn it, I will say that we are starting to become just as obsessed with fried chicken as we are those burgers. Am I off or am I on here? What, what I got? Did I go uh, way I off? agree. I'm just really laughing that there's somebody in your house trying to fix your AC and you're just yelling this into the ether and they have no idea what's <laughs> happening. That's making me laugh more than anything right now. That someone's just that like, is true. Uh, he says he's doing a sports show, and then he was yelling about butts and boobs and fried chicken. <laughs> that is so true. That this guy is, he is literally, he is about 15 feet from where I am fixing the AC. So, yes, that is very true. The gentleman can hear damn everything that's going on. And I, yes, I didn't think about that at all. But now you got me self-conscious, man, in my own house. I, I didn't even think about that. You shouldn't have said nothing. Oh, man. All right. Just pull we back the curtain for on. people at home that they can listen and be like, no, there is someone who doesn't even know who Rob Babers is that is just hearing this diatribe. Okay, yeah. Actually, for those who don't know, I'm doing the show from home today because my AC went out. I got two dogs here. The house was at 80 degrees. It's at 83 now. But the AC guy is here, and their only window I believe for the next two weeks, because it's summertime in Texas, and everybody's AC starts acting a little janky, was today during the show. My wife's out of town, and I it's either this or go to a hotel or go try to find family to stay with. Uh, so we chose to just do the show from here. Patrick hooked it up so I can take the Comrex home, got it hooked up before the show. The show must go on, and Harge is out. So if Harge was here, also will make it easier because I could just kind of go back and forth or whatever, but Harge also is out. So, you know, it's, was it Murphy's Law? That's radio. Radio's law. Yeah. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> it always applies in radio. But thankfully, I work with professionals and people like Patrick who basically there's no problem he cannot solve. And Patrick came up with a solution, so we're good. But I'm at home now, and the AC man is here. Came here about 30 minutes ago. He's been working. But he's working about, uh, yeah, about 15 feet right now. He definitely can hear everything we're saying. That's no question. So thank you, Patrick. I need to <laughs> cut out the, the boobs and the butt talk and get back to some, some – football discussion because yeah. also uh, he can't hear the song no he just hears me he doesn't yes. even hear you he just no. hears me ranting no nope, just a man yelling butts. it by himself <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> i didn't think about it. i was like oh yeah that probably didn't go over well he's probably uh, like what the hell's going on he's like this content creation these days it's kind of wild it's like no man it's old school radio uh all right let's get to some uh, nfl discussion i want to get to this and we can uh, revisit the running back market discussion as well and how depressed the running back market is. Because I do believe all roads, and Patrick and I discussed this earlier, if you're talking about who's going to be the savior to reset the running back market, all roads lead to Bijan. All roads lead to Bijan. If there's going to be somebody to reset it, it's going to be him. And we'll tell you about that uh, coming up a little bit later on. But let's talk about Jeremy Fowler's uh, quarterback ranking. So Jeremy Fowler does this piece every year. I think it's pretty cool. I follow it. Uh, he does it with ESPN. And it's a comprehensive poll survey 
of different executives, players and coaches, scouts, a composite, gets a lot of different opinions, and he ranks different positions, gives a top 10 at every position. And he's been going to different positions. And we brought up, I think, a couple of these, but uh, the quarterback one, of course, matters the most. And here's his uh, top 10 quarterback rankings, starting with number 10. Matthew Stafford at 10. Number nine, he's got Dak Prescott. And he's all, remember, this is a composite based on all of the different opinions of the coaches, the anonymous coaches, players, scouts, executives that he got a chance to uh, interview. So number 10, Matt Stafford. Number nine, Dak Prescott. Number eight, Trevor Lawrence. Seven, Lamar Jackson. Six, Jalen Hurts. Five, Justin Herbert. Four, Aaron Rodgers. Three, Josh Allen. Uh, two, Joe Burrow. And, of course, the man, uh, the myth, the legend, uh, the, the best quarterback in the game, Patrick Mahomes. Now, that is the list. And, first of all, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And I think there's a – how big do you think the gap is, Patrick, between Patrick Mahomes and the second-best quarterback, whoever they think that quarterback is? Now, on here, they say it's Joe Burrow. It could be Joe, Joe Burrow. Some people say Josh Allen. They got Aaron Rodgers four, which might be a little high considering the deterioration. The deterioration. I, I think I would yeah. say the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is pretty sizable at this point. Because I think we saw Josh Allen peak and we said, Oh, if he keeps going, he'll be the best quarterback in the league, and then he regressed last year without uh without uh uh Dable. Yeah. That left. So that's gonna be the question. is if he can go back up again, then he maybe close that gap. But right now, Joe Burrow, we won't know until either T. Higgins or Jamar Chase leaves. That if it's just the fact that he has the best wide receiving core is why he's there. Because Patrick Mahomes sits in the world of he has Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and no one else. It's amazing. And I mean really not to say is. no one else, yeah. but no one else but in yeah, the scheme of when everybody else is spending, you know, seventy, eighty million dollars on wide receivers. And the Chiefs are like, ah, Darius Tony could be okay. Here's three million dollars, four million dollars. That right, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's why I say he he's right now on a island by his own because he's doing it without a huge payroll and wide receivers, which means they can spend that money on other places and spend it on him. Josh Allen has some good wide receivers. He just he just regressed last year, and when you have those turnovers, you can't turn the ball over at that rate and continue to be the top guy. I totally agree. That's a good point. And I, that's why I think you know, I think Patrick Mahomes right now, he's in a tier all by himself. Yep. And honestly, there ain't nobody close to Patrick Mahomes at this time. I mean, I'll give you that's a bunch of crazy Patrick Mahomes stats, and I want to get into some of the other guys on this list too. But here's some of the other crazy Patrick Mahomes stats. I've been keeping up with these, man, because they get, they get more and more cartoonish as his career goes on. You would think as the sample size gets larger – that, you know, these stats would become, you know, diluted. They, they wouldn't be uh, so eye-popping, but they are. So how about this little stat about Patrick Mahomes? He, his, he, he has uh, his, his, his career passer rating right now. All right. His career passer rating right now is the highest career regular season passer rating in NFL history. So he's in terms of passer rating, highest ranked passer rating in NFL history in the regular season. If you go to postseason, his passer rating in the postseason is actually higher than his regular season passer rating, which is the highest in NFL history. 
And it also is the highest in NFL playoff history. He has the record right now. He is the current record holder for regular season career pass rating and career playoff pass rating. And his playoff pass rating is higher than his regular season pass rating. No, he's just on another <laughs> level right now. And that's the question. I mean, that's what anybody's watching back my homes. You look at that and you just go, at what point does it, does it regress? Like, how many more years can he go before exactly. we see that it's like, okay, he is a human? Man, I, I don't know. I'm with you because I went – how about this? Another, we'll get deeper into this uh, conversation, but here's another random stat. His road stats are better than his home stats. No, I'm not joking. He's, he's averaging 8.5 yards per attempt on the road, 7.7 at home. 314 passing yards per game on the road, 290 at home. 7% uh, touchdown percentage on the road, 5.8 touchdown percentage at home. His interception rate drops at on the road, 1.6. It is 1.7 at home. Sack percentage on the road, 3.5 at home, 4.3. Passer rating, 110 on the road, 100.5 at home. This is not supposed to happen, Patrick. Like you're supposed to be worse on the road. You're supposed to your, your stats supposed to drop off. Your pass rating drops in the playoffs when you play good teams. It's the opposite with him. No, and he's uh, supposed to be hitting his stride right now. <laughs> like he's 27 years old. Around 27, it's like okay, as a quarterback, you're really hitting your stride right now, and these are your best years for the next three to four years, right? 27 yeah. is about you're, you're usually not a great quarterback at 24. And so okay. the fact that he is now coasting at 27, he has been the coasting. best for several years and is coasting at 27. He's 12 years younger than Aaron Rodgers, who was winning MVPs a year ago, two years ago. Bro. He's yeah, uh, 18 years younger than Tom Brady, who's been winning MVPs. Like, when you look at what those guys were able to do and their longevity, you can say another decade of Patrick Mahomes seems inevitable. Yeah, they need to restructure him now. And I wonder what that number's going to be. Yeah. Like, basically, right? I, don't you start restructuring him now? That's, I, I know and, they and got he said, him on the cheap, and He said that his agent and the team are consistently talking. So I think it is one of those things. Like, look, if, you're not gonna, if we're not going to spend money on wide receivers, he's the one we talked about earlier with the running backs, who are you fighting for? And he's like, me. You just pay me. Me. And you keep Damn Travis right. Kelsey happy. You keep me and, and Travis Kelsey <laughs> happy, and we'll be, we'll be fine. And that's the biggest bargain, arguably, in football right now is Travis Kelsey because yeah. he's a number one wide receiver, and yet he's paid, like, number one tight end money. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a hell of a deal. Speaking of, you talked about, what did you say, Patrick Mahomes? He's 27? 27. 27, you said? Uh, turns out that is actually the, the peak, the NFL believes, uh, that is the peak for running back performance and productivity at the age of 27. I know it sounds like I'm making that up. I'm actually not. Uh, you go look at all the running backs now who are in purgatory because they haven't either been signed or they haven't been offered the con or agreed to the contract extension they wanted, so they got the franchise tag. Saquon Barkley, 27 now, right? It's, and he's dealing with the issues at running back because the NFL believes at running back you peak at 27, and by then it's time to start divesting yourself at the running at that particular running back all right for that particular running back whenever they get to that age um dalvin cook 27 years old he was cut 
after an 1,100-yard season rushing and averaging over 4.5 yards per carry. But you're 27, you're basically geriatric. They tell women at 35 years old you have a geriatric pregnancy. Uh, that's ba- They consider running backs geriatric at just 27. And women, they are insulted by 35 years old, geriatric. <clears throat> well, at the run- in the running back market, that's basically a similar perception of it. Remember, Joe Mixon took a pay cut to stay on the Cincinnati Bengals so he wouldn't be cut. What's his age? 26. Uh, Kareem Hunt wasn't re-signed by Cleveland. What was his age? 27. Aaron Jones took a pay cut for the Green Bay Packers because he didn't want to be cut, and he did not uh, want to be sacrificed, a salary cap, uh, sacrificial lamb, if you will. Ended up being uh, restructured. He's 28 years old. Uh, Austin Eckler, he's upset by the way the, the Chargers are treating him. He believes he's one of the best running backs in the NFL and should be compensated as such, and he's 28 years old, and that's why he's restructuring his deal. Uh, I mean, you go look at I feel bad for Josh Jacobs. He is the rushing champion, just had 53 receptions this past season. He's 25, and they're looking at him like, He's a 40-year-old stripper. Like, man. Yeah, it's like you're going to be 26 once you're off this franchise (laughs) tag. Gross. (laughs) Exactly. And to me, and I can say it goes back to that, oh, it's a study that the NFL believes now is gospel, and it dates back to 2001. And that's that's not obviously when the study was conducted. They've upgraded, updated it since. But they believe, the analytics tell them, and the analytics continue to confirm that running backs with at least 75 carries per season who played at least four seasons, all right? Since 2001, so we're going on 20-plus years of this being confirmed, tried, and true by NFL analytics. Running backs peak at age 27. Production dropped by 15% by the time they turn 28, 25% by the time they turn 29, and by the time a running back is 30, their productivity overall drops by 40%. So it is no coincidence that all the running backs that we just discussed who are all in this type of purgatory and dealing with sack salary cap, you know, issues potentially and have to restructure and take less money or are being devalued is because they're all approaching that same age. The NFL views the running back position like Leonardo DiCaprio views women that he's dating. Once you hit 26, 27, you peaked and you need to be gone. All right, so they got the Leonardo DiCaprio approach to it. And honestly, I don't see it changing, Patrick. I don't know. There are a lot of factors contributing to it, but right now I don't see it changing. And the truth is that the first running back that I think is going to be able to potentially reset the market, and maybe he can't reset it, but maybe he can be an outlier to this trend happening right now, the devaluing of the running back position and the the collapse of the running back market will be B. John Robinson. And I think he should take the Zeke approach, and he should decide, you know what, man, I, I'm going to get ahead of this, and he needs to probably try to get a new contract year three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, right you, you, you have to jump. Well, you have to basically press your luck to try and get something done before the franchise tag becomes an option. Because once the franchise tag becomes an option, it's the best option for any of these teams. And it just yep. is. And they know it. They know, hey, man, loyalty isn't worth anything in the NFL. Uh, so we're, we're going to go ahead and just – and, again, the cap, the, the franchise tag is $10 million right now. By the time Bijan is a free agent, it'll be around probably five or six because it's going to continue Good. to drop. Because if you say, 
all right, once Derrick Henry's contract is off the book, or once Alvin Kamara's contract is off the book, once you know, once all these guys' contracts are off the book, you know, Jonathan McCaffrey. McCaffrey I mean, Jonathan Taylor is basically he'll probably get the highest paid contract next year. And because he's still, I believe, 24. So they'll still say, all right, we can give you something. But if he signs a contract, it'll probably be around seven or eight million a year. And the question will be guarantees is can you get eight million dollars guaranteed in your third year? That that'll be that. I think if you get that, that's a win for running backs right now. But that resets everything to be like, well, if the top paid running back is eight million dollars a season, then the franchise tag keeps dropping and keeps dropping. And I, I get it. It is supply and demand. It's the basic principles of how our country's economy works. So I get all of it. It's just an interesting thing because if you take them out of the game, basically every team's going to, you know, if you don't have a decent running back, we've seen for the Cowboys. Tony Pollard gets hurt in that game last year, and they're basically ducks in yeah. the water. Agreed. And so you say, hey, man, running backs aren't that important. Also, if you have one running back on your roster that can run and you don't, well, your, your season could be over as soon as they get hurt. It's that, it's that quick. We've seen the Ravens have issues where they can't keep running backs on the field and the way they, and now they're changing their offense to try and hit more in a modern NFL, but they were lost every time. They, you know, you get two guys hurt and the season's yep. over. Pretty much. No, you're right about that. And, you know, you're right about the franchise tag, too. I want the NFL is going to do about that. They can't. There's no way the Players Association can sit by and watch the franchise tag value of a position plummet like that. Now, if it was a long snapper or maybe even punter and kicker, I mean, that's still obvious. That's still disrespectful and shouldn't happen to punters and kickers. It shouldn't happen to any position considering the NFL is a $17 billion a year industry. That's That, that pie, by the way, is continuing to – balloon and get even bigger because now they're adding you know legalized sports gambling revenue to that pie and the new television contracts added to that pie so we're talking about the nfl getting close to a 20 billion dollar a year business in the next four or five years and you're talking about the running back position probably being worth a franchise tag value at around that time maybe like you said five or six million that'd be crazy now you're not wrong because it was 11 million in 2015 and now it's 10 million in 2023 and like you said once the bigger contracts come off the books because it is an average of the top 5 contracts at that position and and then you get like 100 or at 125 like percent of whatever you were paid it's some tricky math but either way you're looking at the running back position dropping in value to the point where now kickers are paid on average more than the running back position that's crazy and I'm with you. The Players Association needs to step up, and they can't do anything now until 2030 because this 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 gospel that we're talking about with regards to the running back position is basically cemented in the CBA to a certain extent. They got changed the CBA a little bit, Patrick, to reorganize the way they, you know, the way they organize positions because. Right now, it's pretty cut and dry that the running back position in the franchise tag value, it's going to drop because it's based on that average salary of the top five. And maybe they can do something to change the language in that to give the running back position a boost, maybe adding skill positions. You know, now they do offensive tackle franchise tag values, but we know left tackles are worth more than right tackles. They do linebacker uh, franchise tag value, but we know outside linebackers who are pass rushing edge linebackers are worth more than off-ball linebackers. So there is right now a little bit of that 
in, I would say, that uh, middle ground or that gray area already being discussed uh, within the CBA as as a as race of franchise tag value. But ultimately, the CBA and the Players Association, they got to step up and do something about it. And B. John Robinson is going to be the only running back, in my opinion, because he'll have the, you know, he'll have that unique, you know, pitch or that unique trait of being a multiple weapon at running back because he can be a receiver in the backfield, much like a Christian McCaffrey or an Alvin Kamara. So he may be the outlier, um, but at least he can uh, increase the overall value of the position and where no running back has been able to do that since uh, Nick Chubb, I think, was the last one to do it. He's the last one to sign, I think, a contract that was worth $10 million or more to a running back. Yeah, and I'll tell you uh, an interesting thing to watch. And I know that now San Francisco has Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel's role has changed some. But I, I think as we're going to see, it may change to we'll have more of a flex position where it is that running back wide receiver where guys flex out more and can go out into an empty set. And you may still have running backs, but they're used in pass protection a little bit more and you change up the way the thing is where you go, no, no, he's not a running back, he's a flex back. And he can be both. But the question will be, Debo Samuel, did those, did those years of running the ball take years off of his yep. career? Because if he bat- bottoms out and his production starts going down at 29-30, then the flex back becomes, and that whole experiment becomes more of a devalue position because, well, now Debo Samuel's got a contract for two more years, and he's worthless. So we'll see. He's at 27 right now, just signed a yep. huge deal. If that deal pans out poorly, it may – you know, not help out the case of, hey, man, even if you're wide, if you're catching passes, you're worth it. No, I'm with you because we know now productivity doesn't matter as much. We've had thousand yard rushers like Dalvin Cook and hell, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs, rushing champion. Their productivity means nothing. Uh, in regards to their value on the market right now. So I'm with you right now. We think having multiplicity and diversity in your skill set, being versatile, that will increase your value. And it should, like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. But I'm with you. I don't know how long that will or how much that will increase the running back value. It's, it is a conundrum right now. I, I don't know what they do to fix it or if it ever gets fixed. In our society, we do see people who are essential to our way of life essential to our economy, essential to everything that makes our our community whole, we do see them at times be pushed down on the wage and compensation scale. Doesn't matter that they're you know, not saying they're not essential and doesn't matter it doesn't matter how good they are at their job. They can be great at their job. We see this in the education field with teachers. We see this uh, in in the healthcare industry with nurses. We see it Hell, you're seeing it right now. You got SAG after the uh, Screen Actors Guild and the different strikes that are happening with all the Hollywood uh, workers and the workers in California because they're looking for more residual payments. They got a different entertainment ecosystem happening now with everything being streamed, and they want you know compensation. They're essential to creating the product, that entertainment product that we all stream and have access to consume, uh, but they're not being paid what they think they're worth. And like I said, this this thing is recreated a bunch in our our way of life. It shouldn't happen because the NFL is so profitable. Seventeen billion dollar industry. Healthcare is more complicated. Education is more complicated. All right. So is Hollywood a little more complicated. The NFL shouldn't have this issue. My point is, just because you're essential, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be paid your value 
and that can be in a lot of different industries. So uh, that's definitely the case for running back. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into uh, a little baseball discussion. Uh, Shohei trade destinations, possible Shohei Otani trade destinations. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll, we'll discuss the uh, the best player in their sport right now, best athlete in their sport, not named Shohei Otani or Lionel Messi or Patrick Mahomes or uh, Nikola Jokic, none of those guys, but the best player in his sport nonetheless. We'll discuss that on the other side too. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How did you want it? How did you feel? Coming up as a new in the cash game, living in the fast lane, not for real. How do you want it? How do you feel? Wow, I um, I was a little, I was a little worried uh, when I first heard it. I was like, I, I know Patrick is a professional, so I, I know he's got the clean version, but it could have worked out and been a very, uh, very sticky situation. But yes, Pac on a top of the charts Tuesday, um, and Patrick um, DJing the top of the charts Tuesday. That's when he takes songs that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. I don't know how often Pac has been on the top of the charts Tuesday. I don't know if how many number ones he really had. Because like That's this is great one, number man. one overall, so it's like you can't. There were like some of his harder stuff just wouldn't go over. So this is California little... Love. Did California Love get number? They go oh, number it has one. To I think have. it has have to have had. Yeah, I, you're, that's a great point though. I don't know if he had a lot of number ones. That's why he didn't live that long. I mean, he only lived to be what 27 years old, something yeah. like that. And they then live also, that long. I mean, this is 96, so this is, like, yeah. I mean, that's no, er- that's early to have hip-hop even on the charts. That's a great point, yeah. And he had to get with Joe to see to get it done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's, a, that's right. We haven't heard a ton of Pac, but I appreciate that. There you go. That's why when I saw that he had a hit, I was like, well, I got to play him if he's, if he's got one. Got to play him. Come on, man. Anytime you can gotta get Pac Got to find a there. censored version. <laughs> Uh, now that's that's tougher because sometimes you go on YouTube and they'll be like it's censored and they'll still leave the n word and I'm like well not censored uh, <laughs> that that's the worst of the words so uh, yeah. not censored that, that's that's the word we don't want to play right out of the gates <laughs> no I'm like honestly the other ones I think won't get me canceled or fired that I'm damn sure will. <laughs> Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, the uh, the athlete, the pro athlete right now, who is honestly at the top of their game. And it's not Shohei. It's not Nikola Jokic. It's not Lionel Messi. It's not Patrick Mahomes, who I think we've all discussed those guys in the last week or so. They are definitely at the top of their game. Um, but with the British Open uh, coming up, one Scotty Scheffler, man, the lifetime Longhorn Scotty Scheffler, he is playing at an unbelievable level. I didn't really realize this either. I mean, I know he had been playing well, but I had my man Matt Butler 
um, hit me up, and he's like, oh, man, I'm picking Scotty Scheffler for the British Open. There's no question. He's just been playing the best golf of any player I, we've seen the last 20 years not named Tiger Woods. And I was like, is that real? He's like, oh, yeah, that's real. And he's right. Here's some of the stats to back it up. So, first of all, let's go to his performance in majors. He hasn't been able to, to win the second, but his performance in majors have been great lately. He includes top, uh, He got top 10 finishes in nine of the last 13 majors. He's got a tie for the – and by the way, he is the, the world's number one ranked golfer in the world golf rankings, official world golf rankings right now. Um, but he's got, top, he's got nine top 10 finishes um, in nine of the last 13 majors and a tie for the best score over the past four majors overall, 27 under. This year alone, he has been the top three in strokes gained to tee to green um, in all three majors. And in short, he has basically been the best golfer in majors since 2020. Over that time span, since 2020, he is 62 under par at majors. The nearest competitor he's uh, is he basically he's beating the nearest competitor by 27 strokes. Nearest competitor is not even close to him. Uh, also, this this year, he's collected uh, top 12 finishes in all 16 of his tournaments, and he's got wins at the Phoenix Open and the Players Championship. Uh, he's on a run of seven top five finishes including at the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. Um, his 14 top 10s this year, and he hasn't missed a single cut. Uh, he's won, like I said, twice. Got two runner-up finishes, too. Didn't bring that up. His lowest finish um, recently has been tied for 45th last October at the CJ Cup. Since then, he hasn't been outside the top 12 in any tournament that he's played in since that event. In short, since 2004, the only golfer who has played better than Scotty Scheffler is playing right now is Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. That's it. So, yeah, going into uh, the British Open, Scotty Scheffler should be the best. I, I think you said he was he had the second best odds behind Rory? Yes. So, that makes sense, but I think Scotty would be it. He's got to win one of the majors that would, I think, get people talking more about him. And he's so unassuming. He is. He's you know he's a pretty quiet, you know, meek character. He's not trying to make a lot of headlines other than playing some of the best damn golf we've ever seen. Uh, but man, I, I hope he can win the British Open because if he does, then people are going to start talking more about it. It's almost like the Nikola Jokic uh, conversation, Patrick, where we were talking about joker and how great he was and i was giving you all the stats that basically said statistically he was one of the greatest big men of all time before winning the championship but we don't we're not going to give him credit for all those statistical accomplishments and accolades until you have the title that can basically confirm your greatness and then retrospectively yeah. we'll go oh man he's actually one of the greatest big men of all time with the title look at it and we want to see longevity, and we want to see. There's, it's a, it's an ever moving goal of. Oh, you want to be one of the greatest? All right. Well, you got to be one of the the best first. All right. Now you're one of the best. Now can you yes. be? Can you be an all time? <laughs> can you be an all time great? All right. Now can you be the greatest? And it's that pushing of, <laughs> you know, the line keeps moving. And so yeah, we had a texter mention that earlier that that he compared him to Jokic because he isn't that. He's just not an exciting guy that you see him making all these quotes where like a Brooks Kepka can make the can get in the headlines quick. Yes. Yeah. And, and no so doubt. that guy where he can play really, really good at points, but Scotty Scheffler is just even keeled consistent. And uh, you know, at a point you go, Well, well, he had a 
he went uh, 30 20 10. So I guess, but well, let's talk about Jamal Murray. And you're like, he's went 30 20 10 in the finals. Like, yeah, he went 30 20 10. But Scotty yeah. Shuffler is like, oh, you know, no, he just hit 300 par again. But uh, we'll move over and you're like, well, no, what do you do? He just hit 400 par again. We got 400 par yep. again. And you're like, well, that's good, right? And they're like, well, yeah, he's in second place. But. <laughs> I totally, I totally agree with you. That's exactly what it is. He's so great, so consistently great, we just take it for granted. And we move on to someone else who they flash, and that flash seems more impressive because they haven't done it consistently. It's like, no, but look at the consistency of what Scheffler's doing right now. That's why it is extraordinary. It really is. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted to get to some Shohei, but we got time to talk Shohei. We got the rest of the baseball season, and there will be Shohei, plenty of Shohei to discuss. We'll hey, come man, back. have another we'll home know. run before then. <laughs> I know. He's lead, I know. He had 35 now leading the majors. I just love to keep up with Shohei stats. And there are people talking about Shohei to the Rangers. That's a, con- that's a real conversation. CBS article that had the top trade uh, destinations in a Shohei Otani uh, trade uh, scenario. They had the Rangers with the number one destination for a Shohei Otani trade. So Rangers fans, you should uh, feel giddy about that and giddy about the uh, the start you've had to the post-All-Star break. Uh, all right, so let's get back to uh, – we'll get to some off – not off the record. We'll get to know what's on tap coming up next, and we'll also uh, get put a nugget on this thing, put a little bone. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is... mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, Just a quick update. AC not getting fixed today. (gasps) Turns out they can't do it till tomorrow because the motor's broken or something like that. No good. So I got to try to – oh, no good. So I got to get these dogs fed and get them out of this damn house and into a hotel or something like that. So that's going to be the next task. But what's on tap for you, Patrick? That's on tap for me. What's on tap for you? Uh, I assume that uh, I, I'm now at basketball. I don't really have much. I know that the basketball tournament's starting up soon, but I don't have much. Uh, I haven't watched the new Tom Segura comedy special, so I may check that one out. Uh, but I'll probably just watch something funny. Yeah. Um, I know I, I was going to watch something. We'll watch whatever the hell they have in whatever – hotel i'll be staying in <laughs> with my dogs tonight uh all right thanks patrick i appreciate you brother uh thanks for everything you do man I, you're the mvp for real thanks to you guys for listening appreciate all your participation in the show remember the revolution i be televised we're talking about it right here on ball don't lie we love you guys we mean that take care of yourselves but more importantly take care of each other peace